It is Sunday, August 28th here in Draft Shark Studios in Rochester, New York. Welcome to the podcast. Welcome to the live stream of the draft. It's a big night. I'm your host, Matt Schaff. With me tonight is Todd Burrows at Best Ball NFL on Twitter. Thanks for joining me, Todd. Everybody's crazy about the shelf dressed man. That's right. And I, I even trim my beard up nice for this one, so people will uh, recognize me. We're here because Jared Smola is doing his FFPC main event draft. It just kicked off at 7 o'clock, so if you're watching, you can see some of the picks already off the board. We were all set to start, and then I saw the report from Mike Garofolo of NFL Network that Brian Robinson, the Washington running back, got shot in an attempted robbery. So a little bit of scramble and something that should alter – you know, at least a few picks in this draft. It's a developing story. That was the if, first if, report if I saw. people so. notice. That's, that that, like, that's the interesting thing, right? You know, it, it literally happened as these guys were yeah. uh, starting. Um, you know, uh, you and me, we're, we're, we're addicts, right? We're checking Twitter while we're drafting. We're, you know, we're engaged. Not everyone is. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I got it as a push notification on my phone from the Mike Garofolo tweet. And that was the first mention, like I said. So he says he's in stable condition, that which is obviously good to hear. And we'll kind of see ultimately what exactly this means for Brian Robinson. But it's it's tough to imagine that he will be able to start the regular season on time. And then we'll see beyond that. Obviously, it impacts him. It impacts Antonio Gibson, potentially J.D. McKissick. So shot multiple times. We're getting more from Adam Schefter now. Says he was shot multiple times in an apparent carjacking attempt. The injuries are considered non-life-threatening. So like I said, was is in stable condition. So he's doing okay, you know, considering the circumstances. I but... mean, shot multiple times. I'm thinking five, six weeks minimum, right? Uh, you know, uh but we can't worry about that right now. But one thing we do know is that it has thrown draft season a little bit of a um, unexpected turn. And we send out our best wishes to Mr. Robinson and we hope for his quick and speedy return to the field. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, obviously hope that he is great fantasy aside, hope he recovers well, whatever that means for his football playing this year. So turning to the draft, you know, we'll see. I know that Jared knows about about the Brian Robinson news because I was communicating with him as soon as I saw it right before this draft. We'll see how many other drafters are aware of the situation, where Gibson goes. And, you know, we're all adjusting on the fly to know what this means. So let's turn to the other players that we do know more about that have more stable situations and talk about who's been drafted. Um, so the FFPC format, just in case anybody's watching and is not familiar it, it, you start two running backs, you start two wide receivers. There are two flex spots. Otherwise, you know, pretty normal uh, quarterback, kicker, tight end. But it's tight end premium scoring. So it's one and a half points per tight end reception, one point per reception for everybody else. So obviously that boosts tight ends up the board. Anybody who's watching right now can already see it's doing that in this draft. And anybody, of course, who has experience with FFPC knows that there is the tight end premium. They get pushed up the board. So this draft started with Jonathan Taylor. Christian McCaffrey is the top two, Justin Jefferson, and then Cooper Cup in the four spot. And Todd, we've seen that for most of draft season, and you know that's might be the wrong way to look at it with how it is now, but through most of the time that people have been drafting, it's been Cooper Cup and then everybody else at receiver. Justin Jefferson's been creeping up. Now Jefferson's ahead of Cup in ADP on multiple sites. What do you think of the way those two guys are going off the board now? I've had Cup as my number three and the number one receiver off the board since day one. Um, and I do want to mention, uh, you know, one other really important thing about the FFPC and season long versus where people might normally see me, which is a best ball is that the playoffs in these leagues are week 13 and week 14. So it's an extra level of strategy. Do you want to take a guy week 13 and 14? Because what happens is if you come in first or second place, you automatically get through to the bonus uh, playoffs uh, with a chance at a million dollars up top. But to win money in your league, you need to win in league thir in week 13 and then in week 14 is the championship where, you know, most of your money, well, I'm getting FBGs confused, but still, I believe uh, first and second place are the only people who 
who are uh, guaranteed money. Am I correct with that? For the main event, there is a regular season prize um, for the league champ. I think there's one for the league champ and one for the highest. If he doubles up, right? If he has the most points, is it most points and... There's, Let me look I, it up again. I believe it's 2,000 for the league champ and 1,000 for the highest total points in the regular season. Correct. There you go. And uh, But it does bring in an extra level of strategy. Mm-hmm. Um, and I did two FBGs recently. And I, uh, well, I did one FBG in a best ball where I had the four. And let me tell you, the four is not fun. It's probably my least favorite spot on the board right now. Is that because you have Jefferson significantly behind the usual top three? Well, I have Jefferson as my third. I think Cup, with you know, had a, a an outlier year. I don't think we can expect that again. And you've added Allen Robinson, who is a significant up, uh, threat, a guy I'm very high on. Um, I've got um, Jefferson as uh, my three. I've got Cup, Chase, and everyone else kind of tied. Uh, four through like 15. I mean, I don't, you know, there, uh, you, you know, there's uh, to me that once you get past Jefferson, you're looking at a tier that goes a pretty long way. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you, you know, I, I like CD lamb almost as much as Cooper cup. Really? Yeah. So are you taking, I, th- I think I missed that the first time around. Are you taking Jefferson as the first wide receiver off the board if you're picking three? Absolutely. All offseason. Okay. Gotcha. He's, uh, I felt like um, Theon's getting older. And I think that people underestimate, A, his talent, and B, the fact that um, they have an upgrade there with a going from a coaching staff that, um, you know, wore leather helmets to a coaching staff that, is a modern offense that's wearing the q-tip helmets on top of the yeah. regular helmets yeah yeah thank you to our buddy biplab mandal who um, posted the exact payouts for the league champs i just put those up on the screen um if you're watching on youtube you can see that i'm not going to run through it all for it anybody. literally was a bip on our radar <laughs> no he's always more than a bip on our radar especially if you're drafting these drafts you got to watch out for him um behind justin jefferson and cooper cup Austin Eckler went fifth in this draft. We're partnering on a few drafts, by the way. So it was a partner joke. (laughs) Don't worry. I'm sure that he didn't take offense to it. Well, I think the the goal is for him to take offense to it, but I'm sure nobody else uh, was worried about it. But Austin Eckler, Jamar Chase, Travis Kelsey goes at the seventh spot in this draft. And then Devontae Adams. And then we got a block of running backs. Todd, is there anybody in that range that you don't think belongs there, either whether they should be going much later or even just somebody that you're taking consistently over somebody else. Yeah. Uh, I I've got Najee Harris and Deandre Swift, both behind Saquon Barkley. Um, and I'm not drafting much Najee in general. I think that he really got like the perfect storm as a rookie and he wasn't that efficient. And I, I like efficient guys in my, in my early picks. I want guys who I feel uh, really can crush uh, he doesn't have a great offensive line. He really needs that pass game volume. Now you've got Fryermuth in year two. You've added Pickens. You've got Deontay Johnson. There's a lot of weapons. DeAndre Swift is a part-time player. Um, Jamal Williams is not going anywhere. Uh, I, I've got both those guys behind Henry Kamara and Barkley. And and really, I've got, um, I've got him behind Aaron Jones and maybe Joe Mixon as well. I'm with you on that. Aaron Jones, I haven't been as much on, but every other player, I agree in that range. And Joe Mixon is at the front of that group of running backs for me. I, I agree on Harris. It's he's going to have to get the otherworldly volume like he did last year to keep it up. And he's you know set up to lead that backfield. But the Steelers have to not want to work him as hard on the ground last year. And obviously the most valuable part of that is the receiving. And I got to think, that pretty much any quarterback besides the deteriorating arm of Roethlisberger last year is sending more of those targets downfield and fewer to Harris. And, you know, whenever you talk about him, it's going to sound like you hate Najee Harris, but we're in the range where if somebody is your RB nine, instead of your RB five or six, that basically means you're not drafting him. Well, every year we see, we look back at ADP and we see the errors that we made, right? 
And I think that especially in contests like this, you know, I think we get inured, you know, I, I, I'm up to, you know, like $15,000 worth of leagues because of best balls and maybe even pushing 20 when you consider underdog and everything, you know, but this is a, you know, a 1700 or a 1500, a 2000, depending on how you got into this dollar investment. And you do see in the main events, people getting their guy more. Um, ADP is a guide and I use it a lot more in best ball where I'm doing volume. But if you're going to do two or three season long drafts at a high stakes, I, I would rather lose with my guys and my evaluations. Um, and you're right. It's not putting down Najee Harris to drop him five or six places. Yeah, I, I agree. And I agree with the ADP meaning less here because you're not, you know, spreading out exposures and making sure that you differentiate. I think the ADP is most important in showing you where you need to grab a guy and how long you can wait. You don't want to take somebody in round four because you love him if he's going in round eight, because then you're giving up, you know, all of that, all of the value on him. But don't adhere too much to it and miss out on somebody just because you thought you could squeeze another another round out of him. Stefan Diggs is one specific player I'm surprised to see not go earlier here. In that, my that is a shock. In my main event, he went fourth overall, second wide receiver off the board. I think Jefferson was the first wide out there, but then um, Diggs went there, I believe, to Dave Hubbard, who's somebody that uh, high-stakes drafters will know pretty well. Yeah, um, I would say what's interesting about that is the guy reached a little bit for Devontae. Then he got like the deal of all deals with Diggs, and then he passed on Chubb and Etienne in the third Um and, and, and what's really interesting to me, you know, uh, in general, that is a surprise, right? Diggs dropping to the second round is a surprise. But what I'm starting to look for is how these guys are building. And already you've got um, one zero running back team and one team, team 11. Infinity running back. Damian Pierce in the fourth round just, you know, loves his vegetables, loves the color green. Um I mean, it's going to be real interesting to see what he makes of that team. Yeah, what do we call this? The celery stock build? I I, I call it stupid. <laughs> um, but, you know, we, we each have our own. Uh, you know, I, I don't feel like, I mean, Pierce is a fourth-round pick. I, I don't think he's a fourth-round pick. And to reach for him and take him in the fourth round when you've already got three running backs, I mean, that – honestly borders on stupid and you know maybe this guy ends up winning a million dollars with this build um that's the beautiful thing about adp is you can make mistakes and still get lucky uh but i think he significantly put himself behind the eight ball um and i'm a big believer in winning the flex with wide receivers mm -hmm. and um it's important here to look at the differences between where you're playing. It's a whole lot easier to do something that might not be optimal and get lucky on it in a 12 team league. It's another thing to beat out, you know, 3000 other top level drafters, which is kind of what you're doing here. It also puts pressure on other people in the draft. Okay. So you look at the team that's up now, three wide receivers, with, and now he's gone four. And I don't blame him because he's got four really good players. But when you've got t the team next to you with three running backs, the team close to you with four, um, it's going to be – this is going to be a real interesting draft to see how these teams balance out these um, one-sided starts. Yeah, and it's it's important to see what the draft board does and then adjust your strategy within that because I'm sure that anybody starting this draft was not expecting a four running back team. I'm sure the Devontae Adams drafter, as you mentioned earlier, was probably not expecting Stefan Diggs to get back to that spot. So, you know, we won't know whether the plan was to start with four receivers or if there's, there's a reaction to who Or if he's, do, you know, there are guys, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, please. I, I mean, there are guys who do 150 of these teams, mm -hmm. right? 50 of these teams, 70 of these teams. We don't know what that guy's portfolio looks like. 
And I don't mind a four running back start. I did it twice this weekend myself between best ball and an FBG. But I, I think a four running back start is a wrong way because um, wide receivers outscore running backs for most of the draft, um, you know, round by round, and they're spikier. It's um, and they're more likely to get injured. I feel much better having a four running back start, four wide receivers start than a four running back start. And I think there's a little bit compounding of the risk here by taking Damian Pierce well ahead of ADP, and that's what we were talking about. Is you want to get your guy, but Damian Pierce is that already was the, the board. Part. If you're yeah. taking him as the RB17, you're reaching too far to get your guy. I think, and even if he smashes. I mean, is he going far beyond RB17? He's got to be a top 12 running back at least to pay off big time from where we're going here. And we're still talking about a fourth running back. So now you're also minimizing the impact if Damian Pierce does do what you're hoping to do. So just overall, I would say not the optimal way to attack that. And the, the other interesting thing is our friend uh, Jared, I, I would have to guess, would have taken Kittle if he fell. Um and that would have been a nice pick for him. I'll be interested to see because we don't, I don't see who's available. We don't have mm-hmm. a list of who's available right now. Um, but looking at the board real quick, Terry McLaurin is there. Brees Hall is there. Cam Akers. I'm going to say that he's going to take Terry McLaurin. Maybe. Do- oh, Jerry Judy. Mm-hmm. Okay. I, I, I thought he might go, uh, Terry McLaurin, but I have no problem with Jerry Judy being the guy there. Um, And the other thing that I start looking at with teams is the blend, right? So Cooper Cup's a high reception guy. Higgins is is more of a spiky guy. Judy's more of a floor guy. Um, I, I like what Jared has done in the mix of the wide receivers that he's taken. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And since I spend more time talking to Jared about this stuff, I know that he was probably not looking at Kittle, although I would be curious to know if he was taking Kittle there. I would imagine that he's considering one at the next turn, but we won't give things away um, too much ahead of his. My, my, my favorite tight end is still to come. Well, my favorite tight end is Kyle Pitts, uh-huh. but um, my highest own tight end is still on the board. I mean, Kyle Pitts is America's favorite tight end at this point, isn't he? Well, I mean, He's only going, you know, you can still get him at times toward the end of the second round. I got him in an FBG at 2-9 the other day mm-hmm. from the four spot uh, with Cooper Cup. Uh, you know, I, that's only a couple picks higher than he went last year. And we know the learning curve at tight end. Uh, I think he is in for a really big year. And, I mean, he was probably just – four touchdowns away from being ahead of Mark Andrews in these drafts on a regular basis. I think his, he he had a much better season last year than his final numbers even showed just because of the bad luck on touchdowns. Yeah. And, and, you know, his quarterback play has taken a slight downturn, but I don't think, you know, Matt Ryan, we've seen it before. We've seen how these guys at that age, their arm starts going. And, uh, you know, the reports out of Indianapolis are that he looks fine. But when I watched him last year, I I didn't see a lot that I liked about Matt Ryan. Yeah, I I would say certainly not enough of a downgrade, at least to um, seriously impact Kyle Pitts' fantasy outlook, especially when you look at the target options around him on an Atlanta team that I don't think any of us expects to be very good this year. This is this is a um, real tough. Again, I did this air Michael Thomas in the fifth round. To me, that's stealing. I've got about twenty percent Michael Thomas right now um, because of the injury concerns. You know, I was getting him in the seventh, eighth round, and I'm still happy to take him in the fifth round. How about you? Yeah, I'm willing to take him in the fifth round. I think this is right about where it's a it any higher than wide receiver twenty five as he is right here. Um, it might get a little bit early and I, I don't have exactly who's available in front of me. Like you said, like Adam Thielen, I think Michael Thomas, Adam Thielen would be close for me in drafts where I wouldn't. Juju Bateman, Godwin, DK Metcalf, 
and Mooney are other guys right. on the board right now. Those are the guys that I would mix together, but I think this is where Michael Thomas be- belongs because he still has upside from this. It's one. a little earlier than I've seen him. And A.J. Dillon is my favorite running back in this range, and he just went off the board to team number three. Mm-hmm. So looking back to the team that started out with Devontae Adams and Stephon Diggs, then D.J. Moore in the third, Todd, would you have given any thought to Josh Allen at that fourth round spot where that team took Allen Robinson is does stacking come into play for you in these tournaments. And you talked about how you've drafted the football guys players championship, which is, you know, basically the same format as the FFPC main event. Would you consider Josh Allen in that spot over Allen Robinson? I love Allen Robinson. He's one of my most owned guys, but one thing that I've learned sometimes the hard way is that you want to stay balanced as a tiebreaker, right? So if you put me on the board um, in the fourth round, I'm taking Josh Allen over Allen Robinson. It, uh, I, I don't have to worry about taking another quarterback the rest of the draft. I've got a high-end stack. I still got three wide receivers. I, I just like answering questions as I draft. Um, I don't like being too far out of balance because what you find in certain drafts, especially in main events, where people are getting their guy is you might end up like all, let's say running backs just go nuts over the next few rounds. And now, now you're reaching in the 13th, 14th, 15th round for guys you don't want um, or, or the, in the, in, in that's best ball. So move it up a few rounds for season long. So I would have taken, um, Allen most likely just not to be out of balance. Or maybe if you didn't want the stack and you don't want to take quarterback earlier, I, I might have gone Kittle there. Mm. Yeah, I think that would be worth a look as well. I agree with not getting out of balance. I mean, I I, I get. Uh, and then he, he just took my favorite tight end. There you go. That's what I was wondering if you were talking about. And I'm kind of surprised that Jared didn't take uh, Dallas Goddard at that fourth spot in this round took Brees Hall. As I'm not a Brees Hall fan. There. I'm a Brees Hall fan. I'm not a situation fan. I don't love that. We, I mean, like at ADT. I, yeah, it looks like we're heading into the season with Michael Carter probably being the first one on the field, at least splitting that backfield. Even looks like a 50, 50 split to me. I By thought the time it's all see, said and done. I thought we were going to see more of Brees Hall pushing Carter aside by this point than we have. But if they're stubborn and if Michael Carter, you know, Michael Carter was pretty good last year. I was not, I was down on him after Brees Hall and saying that he's going to be the guy, but we're at least going to be into the season before there's a shot at that. I want to go back to that four, four wide receiver team. Mm-hmm. Um, there is a chance I would have taken Robinson, uh, but in general, I probably would have taken Allen. But I really like what they did. Now they've got the tight end. And now he's coming into the range where you can get what used to be dead zone running backs. But I really like this year. Um, Guys who go seventh, eighth, ninth round in best balls. Um, And team 11 got Mooney, one of my favorite wide receivers. So um, I, 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 I don't like the Pitts team taking Mahomes without a stack in the fifth round. I, I don't like that pick. Especially with no receivers already rostered. No receivers. Mm-hmm. Do you, so I think it's interesting too, that the Travis Kelsey team, two picks before that did not take Mahomes and took Deontay Johnson as the fourth wide receiver. So it looks like there are at least several drafters that are trying to, you know, win the flex spot with both flex spots with those wideouts Cause we have, we're just finished round five. We've got one, two, three, just three teams, I guess, that have four wideouts so far. A couple others that have three. Um, I but- mean, that team, Dak, has been falling really far. You know, I, I saw him in the 12th round in an FBG. He's also got CD Lamb. So um, maybe it'll be interesting. Or Jalen Hurts, yep. right? So. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what he does. I'm very interested to see if he comes back with Hurts. Yeah, no um, other quarterbacks off the board between Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes. So it certainly could be a case of saying, I don't really want Mahomes here. And I have these three options, Mahomes, uh, Dak, and Jalen Hurts to stack with those top pass catchers. 
because you've got two a two or three pretty heavy running back teams and two or three really heavy wide receiver teams, what that done is it's balanced the room. Okay. And because the room is balanced, now it becomes kind of a who can get to their missing spots quickest and fill them the best. Um, what's that game with the ch- uh, musical chairs? Uh, it'll be interesting to see who ends up without a good, uh, you know, for being unbalanced if anybody doesn't get a chair. <laughs> who do you think is scrambling for a chair right now? It's got to be the the Kyle Pitts Mahomes team, right? With no wide receivers and we've got 30 of them off the board. Yeah. Um, let's see who's available. Amari. Renfro, Elijah Moore. Uh, I'm going to say Elijah Moore would be a good pick here. Yeah, because at this point, what you're looking for is wide receivers who can go well above where you're drafting them, right? Well, we've got Chris Godwin. Godwin. And, 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 you know, that's not the pick I would make. Mm -hmm. Coming off an injury, your first wide receiver. but um, And you see Antonio Gibson. Someone got the memo on Brian Robinson. Yep. And that is uh, that's the first running back, taking him above J.K. Dobbins, taking him above Tony Pollard, Elijah Mitchell. Um, so that is uh, very interesting. Mm-hmm. And he ends up being the first running back for that Devontae Adams, Stefan Diggs team that we were talking about. I, I certainly think that's a, a fine range for Antonio Gibson. Where have you been at on JK Dobbins? Cause most people who are watching this, at least from draft sharks points are familiar with me and Jared talking about Dobbins. Where have you been at on the, the Ravens running back? I took him at the end of round six in uh, pros versus Joe's best ball as the third running back. And I got a lot of heat for it. Um, I think where he's going, he's a good value right now. Um, that being said, I also think this is where, you know, the good range of quarterbacks are going. This is where, you know, you're, you're about to drop a significant tier at wide receiver as well. So I don't have a lot of Dobbins, but I do think it is the appropriate range for Dobbins. Yeah, I, I would be more interested for a best ball roster where I don't have to watch and see when his workload picks up. It worries me that there's the report that you know, it wasn't really a report, actually. It was more like rumination from a beat writer of it's tough to say when he's going to start getting double digit touches a week. And, you know, maybe that's just a, a beat writer messing with numbers and maybe he's in the 15 touch range right away. But the fact that there's a question has me a little bit iffy. Where where are you at with Alan Lazard? He he's somebody that I just honestly don't pay a whole lot of attention to because I think he's going in a fair range, but I'm not scared of missing on something big with him. So I haven't brought myself to getting him. Yeah, I I, I don't get it. I uh, I think that I'm a huge believer in opportunity, but more at running back. Mm-hmm. Um. At wide receiver, I really feel like the cream tends to rise to the top, and I think the cream on that team is going to be Romeo Dubs. Um, I think he's the most talented receiver they have. He's the one who's going to be open, and Rodgers can have his favorites, but he's also going to throw to the open guy. And there'll be, you know, there'll be a couple weeks where, you know, he can try and make Alan Lazard the number one, but that goes back to why I like Aaron Jones so much. Aaron Jones could have more catches than anyone on that team. He could. That would be that would be a lot of targets for a running back. That's been my hesitation is I'm just not sure that how high that particular ceiling goes. If this team just runs the ball more in general, brings down the volume, and it's still Aaron Jones up top there. But you know, if he if have he you seen the splits without Devontae Adams? Well, yeah, but we're talking about what is it like six or seven games in that one though? Yeah, Plus, but also my but, the other issue with that is when Devontae Adams has been out, we're talking about in season, like, uh oh, we don't have Devontae Adams. What do we do? Whereas now it's we traded Devontae Adams. This is the new offense. This is what we do without him around. Yeah. And and he took uh, Adam Thielen after Brees Hall. And I, I got, you know, I, I, I like our buddy Jared, but I, I don't like those picks. What's it? So, what do you not like about Adam Thielen? He's old and he's broken down every year. 
um, the last couple of years with, and, and it, it, you know, major injuries don't bother me because those are random luck. But as guys get older, when, you know, we've seen it with a bunch of wide receivers where they just can't stay healthy. Um, <laughs> old as gold, Bip said. Um, <laughs> From young you know, Bip Lab. Well, I mean, you know, is Elijah Moore gone? I mean, I don't see it. I mean, I don't know how you take Adam Thielen over Elijah Moore. I don't know how you take Alan Lazard over Elijah Moore. I I, I don't know how you take Chris Godwin over Elijah Moore. Um, You don't worry about Elijah Moore's target count in New York? I mean, he's going to do, but I I also I think him and Flacco have a thing. I think you know, there's a chance. Look. I would much. I don't think you're winning a championship with Thielen or Lazard in the sixth round. Uh, it, that's just my feeling. Um, you know, I I could be wrong. Uh, I'm wrong every year. <laughs> you know, quite often. Um, but, but you know, I'm doing commentary, and I don't like those picks myself. And I was wondering what your thoughts were on Thielen and Hall after a pretty good start. I mean, Thielen, I have no problem with. I think he's a a strong value down there. Maybe he continues to break down. I think as a fourth receiver at this point, that's the downside risk that you're taking by letting him be in round six. If he stays healthy, I mean, he's been a top 16 receiver the last two times he's been healthy. So that's what you're hoping for is that if he's healthy. Was that in the leather helmet days? (laughs) <laughs> it was a two wait not even was it two years ago i know this past season i'm joking i'm joking it's i picked up adam thielen in a really really deep expert dynasty back when i did dynasty and he i i you know i saw he made the roster and i was just like all right he's the third uh, you know so i've always had a thing for thielen i just you know, guys pushing 30 who who seem to get banged up a lot. And I also like Osborne behind him. If there wasn't a guy behind him, I liked. Um, but, you know, look, if he stays healthy, it's not a bad pick. Uh-huh. Um, it's just not the pick I would make. And now, again, you know, now you're seeing running back. This is where you're going to see most of the good running backs go between now and the end of the eighth round, and it's going to get really thin. Um, Montgomery, Mitchell, Pollard, Penny, and Singletary. Uh, you know, I I would have taken oh, – well, I, I know who I'd take here. I would take Chase Edmonds. He didn't go yet, did he? Nope, he's still on the board. I, I shouldn't say that, should I? Is anyone <laughs> well, listening? No. Is there a should? Is there an etiquette? I don't know. It's not me, at least, because I might have a little bit more – uh, insight into what Jared's thinking. I would have taken. I would have taken Edmonds ahead of a lot of the guys who just went. Yeah. Yes, I agree. He wouldn't have been. Uh, I wouldn't have been taking Devin Singletary ahead of him and, or uh, Rashad Penny. Bip says he'd take Elijah. I have no problem with Elijah here. Well, see, that's the thing, Bip. I would have already had Elijah, <laughs> and, and now I'd have Edmonds. You mentally took him off the board already. Oh yeah. My issue with Elijah Moore is that. <sighs> There's the only thing in his favor is his talent. Otherwise they drafted a top 10 receiver. Corey Davis had some rapport with Zach Wilson last year, and I don't trust the coaching staff and it doesn't sound like Zach Wilson has been very good this year. And Zach Wilson is starting the year hurt. So it's not an offense that I really like. It's not a coaching staff. I really like it's a crowded target tree with, um, a pretty good backfield. So I can see this coaching staff not leaning past as much as maybe they should, even if they fall behind. So, you know, if everything breaks right for Elijah Moore, I think he's a good enough player to maximize it, but it's tough for me to see the everything breaking right for him. It looks like, looks like we had a a rollback in this draft, by the way. So uh, basically what, you know, I started not on Elijah and, and lately I've been adding him late. Mm-hmm. Um, because I think there's a chance that Flacco keeps the job. Really? And I think Flacco is going to be a lot better for Elijah Moore. I, I can't see that. I think they have too much invested in, in Zach Wilson. It's just year two for him. 
All right. So, oh, they rolled back to take Josh Jacobs <laughs> instead of Singletary. Which I would rather have Josh Jacobs than Devin Singletary, but it is kind of a funny thing to roll back the draft for. And he took Hertz. He didn't take either guy. Now, I have no problem with Hertz. I like him a lot. Mm -hmm. um, that's not a bad pick. But Edmonds has been going earlier and earlier. And uh, it's, a, it's a little surprising to me that both Elijah and, I mean, if the Devontae Adams team gets Edmonds, I mean, that is, that is such Yahtzee. <laughs> and Johnny Kalinowski, um, we see you over there. Brian Robinson in stable condition. We, we did mention that Gibson stocks up. You know, Gibson is, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it, obviously he's up. Um, it's going to be interesting. But um, there goes Elijah. And remember I this. Elijah for profit. <laughs> so that team that just took Elijah Moore got him as a fourth receiver. Jamar Chase, Juju Smith-Schuster, Rashad Bateman, Elijah if Moore. Edmonds doesn't come off the board here. I am going to be shocked to this guy. <laughs> there there we go. go. <laughs> All right. So now this dude who passed on Josh Allen, he's got four excellent wide receivers. He's got a tight end who can be as good as the top guys in the fifth round. And now he's got two very, very reasonable starters to start the season. Uh, I'm going to be very interested to see how that team plays out. And so Josh Allen and Jalen Hurts are gone as potential stacks if that drafter cares about stacking. But we still have can get Derek Carr much later. Um, you can get Matthew Stafford probably in another couple of rounds or so. So certainly options there. And Todd, do you, do you look at the, the QB stacking option once you get those wide receivers or top tight ends early? Obviously it's not so much for Kyle Pitts, but if you draft Travis Kelsey or Mark Andrews or whoever else at wide receiver, do you start looking at stacking quarterback or is it just something that happens if you get into that range where the quarterback is you know comfy going it's a very interesting thing and i think there's a significant difference between best ball and season long so best ball stacking is hugely important because each week is a do or die week right um and not as much on the ffpc but on underdog where, you, you know, week 16, you're up against 18 other teams just to get to the final. And if you don't get to the final, uh, you're not making money. You know, you do 150 teams, have a 30% advance rate, 20% advance rate week 15, and you get all, all your teams knocked out and eight or nine of them in week 16, you're, you're losing money, right? You're losing about a 30, 25 to 30% of your money. Um so in best ball, I want to access stacking as a way to get that 1% uh, week 17, less than 1% week 17, and 5.5% uh, week 16. In a season long where you have a three-week race, it's a nice to have, not a need to have. Right. It's something that is more of a tiebreaker for me. I'll, 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 I'll with, you know... I'll go a few picks to take my quarterback, um, but I'm much, especially uh, in season long where you can, you know, just get, take one in a draft, take them late. Uh, I'm much less likely to force the issue with a stack mm -hmm. just on its own. And there, of course, we're talking about a large field tournament for the regular season too. If you get down to a single league, it's almost a non-factor, right? I, I I also just want to jump in. I, I still don't love Team 11, but I we have to go back and be fair and say adding Darnell Mooney, Hunter Renfro, and Christian Kirk, those are three good wide receivers. I still think he made an error, um, but um, he's, he's making something of it. Team 9, I think, is, you know, making guys – you know, Godwin's going to start slow. Amari Cooper is spiky. And Devonta Smith might be the third option on the team. I don't like what Team Nine's doing. 
And, and what was your question? <laughs> <laughs> I was, I just said, uh, uh, well, now, now I'm looking at that team, but I just said, once we get down to single leagues, uh, stacking quarterbacks and pass catchers is almost a non-factor. Correct. And, and then you see that uh, I'm back to being a little disappointed with, uh, with team eight, uh, Drake London, a guy I'm very high on. Um, but you're going to see running back really thin out, I think, by the time it gets back to him. Um, I mean, he does have two guys he can start. Uh, but Drake London is going to sit on his bench. Yeah, that drafter could have taken Miles Sanders, I believe, as the 35th running back off the board. Or, yeah, yeah, 35th. And you don't have to be a fan of Miles Sanders to take a shot on him there and just you're mixing and matching. Yeah, I, I like what he had done with Gibson and Edmonds. Personally, I would have um, I would have taken a uh, another running back there. I you know I don't know which one was on the board though. I mean, look, maybe there wasn't because Harris is gone. Yeah, you know, I can't blame him. There really wasn't anyone. It uh, it thinned out it thinned out pretty bad. Um, I don't see anyone that Miles Sanders is Miles Sanders. Yep. Yeah, I, I think Miles Sanders could have been a decent choice there. Yeah. Um, but I think I, after Miles Sanders, I can understand um, Drake London, but he's the last one to me that, you know, the upside includes being well inside the top 20. Well, I disagree, Bip. <laughs> but I, I Bip, is, he's got a lot more experience. Bip likes wide receivers a little bit more than I do. I, I like the comfort. Uh, there's nothing worse than being in a, a league where you spent a lot of money and just not having any running backs to start because you can't get them on waivers mm-hmm. where yeah, I so know I, you know, and I, I do like London. So I, I, I don't think Bip's wrong. It's mm-hmm. just, I think it's more of a salt and pepper thing. I think he had four really good uh, running uh, wide receivers. I probably would have taken Sanders there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's a bit more splitting hairs than ah, uh, you screwed up that pick. But just oh, absolutely, anybody, absolutely. Drake for London listening, is a good pick. For anybody listening, instead of I watching, agree with Bip. Bip says nothing wrong with London. There could be a league winner. Lots of RBs left. They're all hurt by week three. So I certainly can uh, get with what he's saying, and we're, it, it'll be interesting to watch the way the rest of this team is built because you know maybe this drafter just doesn't like Miles Sanders at all and figures that Miles Sanders there is a worse pick then round 11 Kenneth Gainwell you know plus Boston Scott and just owning the Philly backfield later and you know stacking up other guys we talked about uh the Jets backfield so you know we'll yeah, see who I mean, absolutely pick. it's just a comfort thing for me oh yeah um I you know but you know I don't like Sanders that much myself this year so I, I'm giving him a hard time uh-huh. but it especially hurts me because I started out really liking Miles Sanders, but uh, there's been nothing to make me feel comfy about it since then. And I've come off of him because, uh, I, you know, initially you could see the upside and workload, but he's already gotten injured. He's already a high injury risk. We knew that heading in. So he's gotten hurt. There have been signals about other guys getting high value touches. So I can understand if you're just averse to Miles Sanders, the teams next to him, both of the next two teams uh, next to that drafter, each only have one running back through eight rounds. And we still have Miles Sanders on the board through the end of round eight, along with all the other running backs who are left. So the team that started with Travis Kelsey followed with CD lamb, AJ Brown, Jalen Waddle, Deontay Johnson, JK Dobbins, the only running back there through eight rounds. And then Brandon Ayuk and Trey Lance in back-to-back rounds. I like the Ayuk and Lance stack in consecutive rounds. I would I would like to know what this team's running back plan is now because I would be feeling uneasy about sitting on Dobbins as my only running back at this point. Well, and and again, you're also in a position where you have to choose every week which which wide receivers you're going to start, and you might end up having your best wide receiver on your bench that week when the week's over, right? right? And, uh, you know, the other thing to consider with season long is it's a 12-week season, Right. It's a 12-week season, and if you don't finish top four, you're out, right? It's top four, Bip, top four Mm -hmm. in the main event, too. Um, And if you, you know, 
if you if you're you know Dobbins might be on pup, you know that they're, they're still talking about a three week stint for him. Um, you know if you're giving up 15, 17 points at two running bet spots, I don't care how spiky you you know it's not best ball where the computer's going to pick your best wide receivers. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, a, a, a deep zero team is much better in best ball where you've got, you know, 15, 16, uh, 14 weeks of regular season and the computer's picking your highest spikiest wide receivers every week. Um, you know, if you get two running backs every week who give you 10 points, that's not bad. Um, my, he might get miles on the way back, though. Mm-hmm. And I, 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 I like Russ to the Sutton team. I don't love that team overall, but that, you know, uh, Russ was the, the last, I guess you could say Dak too, last mm-hmm. of the quarterbacks. We've yeah, got- I'm much higher on Russ as a round nine quarterback than I am on Cortland Sutton as a round three wide receiver 12 off the board. But if you take Cortland Sutton, then you do, and you get Russell Wilson, then that's the way to have Sutton. You gotta think Sanders comes off. He took another wide receiver, this guy. We got Melvin Gordon leaving the board before Miles Sanders as well. Jared took Cordell Patterson with Miles Sanders. Still out there. Before we get away from these two teams in the middle, um, so, okay, so we did have Miles Sanders go to that uh, two running back team, Antonio Gibson, Chase Edmonds, Miles Sanders. So, I mean, some of the, this team seems to be kind of falling into some of these guys. I mean, Miles Sanders at RB37, late round nine. You got to like him there, regardless how you feel about him. Well, and you've got David Carr coming up. Uh, David Carr, or Derek <laughs> Carr. Derek Carr uh, coming, you know, might come back to him to go with his Devante. Um, I, well, let's see where Carr normally goes in these. Oh, he goes in the 13th awesome. round. He's got plenty of time. Yep. Brady's still on the board. Prescott's still on the board. Yeah, no. I, I, Effort's I, still on the board. Team eight is a very dangerous team now. Mm-hmm. Um, so I want to talk about the bye weeks in those teams in there. Cause I noticed that on the team that, that, that did get Trey Lance, Brandon, Ayuk, and just has JK Dobbins as it's running back so far, we've got three, four week nine buys among the first eight players picked. And the team right next to that has, I believe four round 10 by or week 10 buys through the first seven rounds. Is that something you look at at all as you're building one of these teams? Is it, is I guess is it an advantage to have them all to have that many important players in that range, or is that a level that worries you heading into the season? Um, I think we need to go through and look at the team 13, 14s on these teams. As far as standard bye weeks, it means nothing to me in season long. I think you could make the case that if you could have a team with every single player on bye of, out of your top eight in the same week. Um, you know, you lose one week and then you've got a full lineup for the rest of the weeks. So I, I, I don't hear that kind of theory thrown around too much, but it's kind of a principle that I've always gone on. I don't you know, it's not about finishing undefeated. It's about, you know, you know, winning the league. Mm-hmm. I, I'm willing to sacrifice one week to be strong um, overall. So um, tiebreakers are like way down. Um, in my consideration. Because mm-hmm. even worst case scenario, if you end up losing one week, that means you're stronger for the rest of the weeks. Mm-hmm. Let's look at how Jared has built so far. So the last pick of his that we talked about really was Jalen Hurts. So just to run through his whole lineup so far, Cor- Cooper Cup in the first round, Leonard Fournette, T. Higgins, Jerry Judy, Brees Hall in the fifth which I think is is decent value on Brees Hall. RB20, though, so running backs fell a little bit in this draft. Adam Thielen in round six, Todd and I talked about. Jalen Hurts in round seven, QB6. I like him there. George Pickens at wide receiver 44 in round eight, and then Cordero Patterson, the most recent pick. Where are you at on George Pickens at this point, Todd? Um, He was my favorite tape, and I still wasn't taking – out of all – you know, I just bought – it was the dumbest thing. I thought there was still a third. I thought it was going to be the fourth wide receiver this year, not the third. And so I let this large swath of the season go um, stupidly. And, 
when by the time I woke up, it was like three, four weeks until he had his big breakout. Long story short, I believe in him. I've taken him um, in a couple drafts right around where Jared took him. So you think wide receiver 44 is a fine range for him? And he went notably ahead of Chase Claypool in this draft. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of been pretty regular lately. Mm-hmm. Um, in best ball, I don't mind putting the two together. Mm-hmm. Uh, because I think that, you know, one of them's going to have a pretty big week most weeks, and the price is right. Um, I mean, what you're hoping for with Pickens is the Justin Jefferson, right? You're hoping that he's got that kind of range when you're taking him this high. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think there's, I think his, I think he's a little bit over his skis value wise at this point. Um, but I, I also don't think, you know, I think he's going to have a pretty good year. Right. It's, it's certainly not crazy. If we just look at the wideouts that went behind him, we got Sky Moore, Traylon Burks, Chris Olave, Garrett Wilson, Tyler Lockett, and Marquez Valdez Scantling. I mean, I don't think there's anybody in that range where you're like, Correct. oh, that was a mistake to take. Uh, uh, yeah. And, and that's why I've started taking him there mm-hmm. because I, I do think that, uh, we, we got one guy thinking team one is fire. Yeah. I was thinking we'd go take a look at that one. So team one is fire, according to Joe Saviano on the YouTube feed. Jonathan Taylor, number one overall, Debo to end round two, Michael Pittman around the turn, Terry McLaurin and Amon Ross St. Brown at the four five turn, Tony Pollard, Rashad Penny at the six seven, and then Joe Burrow, Dawson Knox at the eight nine turn. Todd, what's your take on this team? Okay. <laughs> I, I will I, I don't mean to throw damp water on his fire. But... <laughs> But um, I, I don't think it's fire. Um, now, let's go back to a team that I do think is fire again, Team 8. Um, now he's added Daryl Henderson. Um, and he took him over Kenny Gainwell and Michael Carter. Um, I'm not sure I would have done that. I, I, I think I prefer guys with flo- – well, you know what? It's it's I like Henderson too. There's two ways of looking at it. And, and Joe, you know, look, that's, you know, this, I do this for fun, right? I mean, I, I don't think the team's fire, but one thing I've learned is I can be wrong and <laughs> I've been wrong plenty. Uh, but I think it's an okay team, mm-hmm. but I'm not sitting there, you know, with, with, a you know, I, I'm not smelling smoke. Mm-hmm. The team, I do like it better than the team next to it that took Josh Allen. We talked about the Stefan Diggs team letting him by earlier. Team two has got Christian McCaffrey. Javante Williams is the first two. Mike Evans, Josh Allen, Michael Thomas, Elijah Mitchell, Josh Jacobs, Sky Moore, Traylon Burks, Gerald Everett. I mean, there are a lot of names in there that have been buzzy at times and you want to see the upside for. But to me, that's just too many if things break exactly right for him then players. I mean, Javante Williams in, in round two, Sky Moore, uh, Traylon Burks, I like better in his spot than Sky Moore where he's going. I just think people are wishing Sky Moore into a better role or a better spot than he has. So the difference to me between these two guys is Traylon Burks was a first round pick to Tennessee on the night that they traded AJ Brown away. So they immediately need him to be a thing more than Kansas City needs Sky Moore to be a thing, whatever you think about those two players against each other. So now we're just waiting for Traylon Burks to prove ready enough to get on the field in front of Nick Westbrook, Akeen, and maybe Kyle Phillips. We'll see exactly where everybody stands. So they, he has a short path to prove that he belongs on the field. And once he's there, it's him versus an aging Robert Woods coming off the knee injury. So a fairly short path for Traylon Burks to relevance. Sky Moore in Kansas City, he could do nothing this year and the Chiefs would be okay. They signed Juju, they signed MVS, they have Travis Kelsey. They've been working Sky Moore also behind Nicole Hardman and even Justin Watson. So clearly they're willing to let him come along slowly. And it's clear if you look at the team that there's no need for them to be urgent if he doesn't prove ready. So team two is kind of a boomer team. (laughs) Looks like it was drafted by an older guy. Um, he knows he should draft a couple younger guys, so he threw in Sky Moore and Traylon Burks. Uh, but Elijah Mitchell, 
Jacobs, um, McCaffrey, Michael Thomas, Mike Evans. You know, it's it's a it's a team that you know to me it's a second it's a middle of the pack team with some with some really good names. Um, and you know, I also don't get the phenomenon with both of those teams. Can you just uh, let let's see the whole board for now, still yeah. if we can, until we can't see anymore. If, if the, <laughs> yeah, there you go. Um, I don't get taking the second quarterback that early, you know, especially with the, I mean, the Josh Allen team, uh, you know, if I'm, if I'm the owner, I fire the GM mid draft. (laughs) Um, You know, you've put so many eggs in the Josh Allen basket. Um, You know, I might not take another quarterback period, never mind one in round 11 Um, and Dak to back up Burrow. Now you're deciding which one to start each week. Uh, it's uh, it's not for me. Um, this uh, Joseph Best asked if it was a best ball format. It's not. It is um, season long main event. Joey Brown, uh, Trey Lance, Team Seven, best rushing stats of Devin starts on Bob. That that's true, um, but you know, you you also got to realize that. Um, You've got to start two running backs each week. And if they're putting up six points, you're probably going to lose. Yeah. So, you know. Um, yeah, I think team- Joey's saying that this team's best running back plays quarterback. And I, so that team that we were just talking about, J.K. Dobbins is the was the only running back until round 10. And then Rashad White. Well, I did too. Yep. You're right. That's what Joey was saying. So Joey's a good guy. Two- he's on Twitter. He's a, I think he's a pretty good high stakes guy. Mm-hmm. We might have this team with no running backs so far that get 10 carries in week one between J.K. Dobbins and Rashad White. And, you know, I dig the long-term upside on the guys, but, you know, like you've said a few times, ultimately you have to be able to set lineups here. And there's going to be issues at running back unless they get really lucky over these last few rounds. I wouldn't be shocked if we found out that teammate was someone like Dave Hubbard. Um, look Look at how good this team's been built. You start with the four wide receivers. You get the premium tight end. You get really good value on running backs. You, you take Drake London, and, and it works out, right? I take back my statement because it worked out. Miles Sanders, Daryl Henderson, Isaiah Pacheco, that running back room has floor and ceiling right now. Yeah. Plus, you've got those top four picks, top tight end, and I, I mentioned Dave Hubbard because he's known to push quarterback. Um, it would have been interesting to see if he would have taken Carr. Well, I don't think he would have taken Carr. I think Carr went early, and quarterbacks are going early. But this this team eight is staying disciplined, and he's going – you know, I would not be surprised to see him take two or three quarterbacks late, um, upside ones. Um, I wouldn't be surprised to see Fields here. Jameis Winston, uh, those would be the two quarterbacks I'd be looking at with that that kind of build. So you like Jameis Winston better than Trevor Lawrence? Yes. Well, for fantasy football. I, I prefer Trevor Lawrence, but I mean. I, I could see the argument. He goes ahead of him. I just, I just, uh, I, I look, Jameis has been a top five, six quarterback once or twice already. Mm-hmm. Um, he plays in the Dome. He's got weapons. I mean, he's got a lot of weapons. Jameis has never had this kind of weapons. Yeah. Well, the last time he was on the field, he had um, Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. Correct. Um, I'm really interested to see what he does next. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we'll be watching to see what that team does. Team next to him started with... We noted a, a fairly running back heavy start. It was Dalvin Cook, but then it was Kyle Pitts, then Nick Chubb, Ezekiel Elliott, Patrick Mahomes, naked at that point. Then it was Chris Godwin, Amari Cooper, Devontae Smith, Cole Komet as a second tight end in round nine, then MVS, Nico Collins. So what do you think of that group overall and how that we have more wide receivers in tow? I, I think he ha- – I, I, with him, it's more player selection than it is um... – than it is uh, structure at this point, right? Mm-hmm. Because he's gotten some decent wide receivers 
you know, but I, I'm not big on Dalvin this year. I'm not big on Chubb, although at the where he got him, it's fine. Uh, Zeke just lost his starting left tackle. Um, you know, that, that that's that's a that's a pretty frat, you know. There's not a lot of upside with those three. And now your fourth wide running back is McKissick. Um, and, uh, you know, I just think that he's that team is a, a lot of squandered opportunity. It's not a terrible team. It could still, you know, eke its way into the playoffs. But I think he squandered a lot of opportunities. Yeah, a few spots were would have been a little different drake london over Devonte smith for example i think a lot more upside to that one that particular spot where that could have been an option oh i would have loved drake london to him mm-hmm. um, and i like and i like cole Komet, but again when you take kyle pitts you know who did he i mean he passed on james cook for kyle uh, for cole Komet. tell me how that makes sense well, I mean, it's the two flex spots. They already have three running backs, right? So they're betting on the reception there over James Cook's upside in Buffalo, right? I mean, we've got Dalvin Cook, Nick Chubb, Zeke Elliott. So their ideal story is that all three of those guys stay healthy all season. And that even if you, even if they don't, there's a wide receiver to plug into that spot. I think the key thing to understand is look at the running backs that are going now. James Robinson, McKissick, Herbert, Samir White. I like Samir White. But, you know, once you get, you know, look at that, that round 10. That's where, that, that's where the last really good tier goes. I like having my fourth running back by then. Um, uh, you know, personal thing, round nine, Cole Komet, um, and then Valdez Scantling. A guy who I, you know, when are you going to feel comfortable starting him? Um, mm. You know, he's more, you know, more of a best ball guy. I like the Nico Collins pick. Mm. Uh, I, I, I just, again, I, I just don't like that guy's draft. And you know, um, it's not terrible, but it's just mm. to me, it's when you look at the craft that's put into Team Eight, I, I don't see that in Team Nine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can see that. All right, so we'll we're gonna take this thing through the end of round twelve, which is coming up, and then um, other duties of the job call. But what do you think about look Jared's at team look through at, round twelve? Before, before I do that, look at team twelve. Uh uh-huh. Look at team twelve. We got Derrick Henry, Alvin Kamara, Keenan Allen, Gabe Davis, Justin Herbert. So we've got the Chargers stack there. Cam Akers in round six. Devin Singletary. DeAndre Hopkins, Pat Fryermuth, James Cook, Josh Palmer, and Isaiah McKenzie. I, I, I think that's a very nice team. I think they could come up a little short on wide receiver, but I guess they're banking on running backs in flex early. Yeah, I mean, I don't love the Acres pick, even though it was a value. Um, I pro- you know, I probably would have taken. Um, you know, I'm I'm sure he, he was probably a little disappointed under Renfro. Uh, didn't make it back to him, but I think you know Joshua Palmer and Isaiah McKenzie are really, really solid um, guys. I, I, I let's just say that it's not a perfect team, but it's a team where I like a lot of the players. Mm-hmm. Can get with that. We did just have uh, Brian Robinson go at RB fifty one. Round twelve. So, you, know, I, I li- you, you were asking me about Jared. Uh-huh. I like what he's done the last three rounds. I like Rondell Moore. I like Madison, and I like Gage. Gage mm-hmm. was going in the seventh, eighth round a month ago. Um, they signed Julio, and you know, uh, Godwin looks like he's coming back sooner rather than later. Um, I, I, you know, I mean, I don't love his team overall. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, 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 you know, I thought he did a good job with those last three picks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like that. He could bring himself around to pick Russell, Russell Gage. Cause I know he's not huge on Russell Gage in general, but I, I think the fall is a bit too much for him right now because, uh, it, it clearly his injury that has had him out for a while hurts the buzz on Julio Jones hurts, but I think wide receiver 62 is an overreaction on Russell Gage. All right. Now let's go back to teammate. 
So he's taken his quarterback. He got Matthew Stafford in the 12th versus, you know, how much is he losing? But look at what he was able to, how he was able to cover his running backs, top wide receivers, top tight end, and still to come back and start Matt Stafford every week. Yeah. I'm, I mean, that you know, this guy's putting on a master class. And, you know, there's some luck at play a little bit just in who gets there. We talked about Chase Edmonds getting there. We talked about Miles Sanders getting there. Matthew Stafford is QB 14. Some luck, but a lot of fantasy football about setting yourself up to take advantage of the luck. And it's not like this team was built. I'm sure this team was not built planning for Matthew Stafford to stick around. But you read the board, you see who has a chance to make it. You see how big the tier is. And then you make your call at each round based on stuff like that. And you even get the stack with Allen Robinson. Yep. Uh, I mean, yes, absolutely. Am I any better of a drafter in drafts where I, I you know, so I did a couple of drafts recently where I didn't like my team from the four hole. Am I any worse of a drafter? No. But no, no value fell to me, right? Mm-hmm. So every pick was kind of agonizing. You, you know, but the, there's other drafts like this one. The key is being able to recognize someone who knows how to build when the opportunity comes. Mm-hmm. And that's why I, 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 I had digs against some of these other teams because their, their construction was clunky they missed opportunities and, and that does tend to catch up with you over time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. So we're going to head out of here. Cause uh, like I said, other aspects of the job are calling, but Todd, thank you very much for accepting the invitation and coming on to talk through this draft with me. We'll see how the rest of these rosters play I'm out. Sorry. I was so shy. <laughs> yeah. We can always, uh, you know, count on you to be coaxed out of your mouse hole to talk about football teams. And to and to be uh, direct and you know and and I'll I'll just leave with this I was hard on a couple of these teams and very slathering with others. <laughs> the key thing is unlike best ball, you know, being good at the waiver wire, being good at start sit. That's my weakest part, and often that's what decides who wins these season long leagues. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and obviously nothing personal in any of it. Just looking at it and commentating and realizing that we will also be wrong about things along the way. Yep. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Always good to talk to you about this stuff, Todd. Uh, Todd Burrows, thanks for joining me on this one. We'll see how Jared's team plays out. We'll see how he feels about this team. Thank you all for joining us on the stream and for listening in. If you're listening in afterward, uh, head to draftsharks.com. You can get all the draft tools and content that we have over there and check out the rest of the shows that we have. The season's coming up and then we'll all be shifting into regular season mode with those regular season tools getting started soon as well. For Todd Burrows and the entire Draft Sharks crew, I'm Matt Schaaf saying thanks so much for swimming with us.